The Scream Kings are in no way responsible for any encounters with the paranormal, extraterrestrial abductions, eldritch insanity, hauntings, curses, hexes, demonic possessions, cryptozoological sightings, or any loss of sleep that results from listening to this podcast. This is the Scream Kings podcast. I'm Nathaniel Darkish. This is Max George. We have a, a special guest who is returning. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Rachel? Yeah, hi guys. Uh, I'm Rachel Smith. I am returning. I was previously on, I believe it was episode 25? Yep. The Nauvoo House. So it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Rachel, your episode is the one I recommend to people whenever they like find out that we have a podcast. <laughs> um, awesome. That episode to this day is my favorite episode we've ever done. Um, and everyone that I've talked to raves about the Nauvoo House and the stories that you told in that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's an amazing episode. Rachel really dives into something quite traumatic. It's a little um, spooky. Uh, and a little, you mean, like, gargantuan, like, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that story is scary as hell, and it's true. So thank you for being on that episode. That really, I think, launched us in a lot of avenues. That podcast episode, I think, is our most downloaded one, Nathaniel. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, just based on the last week, yes, by far. <laughs> So, Rachel, whenever we have someone back on the show, we like to knight them. However, because your Nauvoo episode did so well, I really feel like knighting you a scream knight is an underservice, if that's a word, and I just made it up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you have a, a more powerful title in mind than just scream knight? Uh, scream sorcerer, perhaps? <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Or warlock. Sorceress. Sorceress, there we sorceress. go. <laughs> okay, so Scream Sorceress. I, I don't know if, if there's a good, like, shorthand, like, you know, pre-thing, you know, like, sir or dame or whatever that, that we can come up with, but, but it'll stew, and by the end of the episode, we'll have something rad that we will always refer to you as. Beautiful. Love it. So, Rachel, we're having you on the episode, or, my goodness, we're having you on the show again, um, because you recently moved out to, to Louisiana, right? Yeah, Little New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yep. And that city is famously known for its paranormal activity. Um, I would love to visit one day. But you have kind of another spooky supernatural story to tell, don't you? I do. I do. Which I'm sure everyone is shocked. <laughs> you seem to draw the, the paranormal wherever you go. Yeah. I, I was pretty sure wherever I moved to New Orleans I would have some kind of experience. But um, this one took even me by surprise. So... <laughs> That's fun. All right. Well, um, do you want to jump right into the story? You just want to talk a little bit more about, you know, because you, you're not just a person who experiences uh, scary things. You also uh, create some scary things as well. That is true. Um, so I have seen dead people my whole life. I kind of talked about that in my previous episode with you guys. And how I chose to deal with that is I became a horror writer. Um, which does occasionally cast some uh, questions on my credibility, which I totally understand and is completely valid. 
Um, I actually can't write about my own stories. I've tried it. I can't do it. But uh, I have got a couple short stories published right now. You can find me in the Daughters of Darkness Horror Anthology. Um, I also edited the Witching Hour Horror Anthology as well. I think it's a little bit of a disservice for people to assume that just because you write horror um, means that your credibility is in question. I feel like anyone who's experienced anything supernatural would want to write about that, you know? That just seems silly to me. It makes sense to me. Um, but So I've, I've been sharing this, this latest story on TikTok kind of as it happened. And people keep asking me when the book is coming out, or they they assume that I'm posting like a book trailer, like to promo uh, <laughs> to promo a story that's coming out. Okay, and that's like, fair. I wish <laughs> it'd be a good book. Maybe someone else can write it. Oh, I was just gonna say, well, if you ever need a collaborator to, you know, co-author your uh, memoirs of terror, absolutely you know. sell the rights to somebody to get that story out there because I I love sharing these stories and i think that it's important to share stories like this when you have them well i fully agree i think today in modern society we are so quick to just rationalize the supernatural away and a lot of these moments and experiences for people are so profound and so terrifying that to go straight to logic and rationality is almost a disservice and very invalidating Right. It, you, you're invalidating someone else's experience, right? And exactly. That's, that's not to say that you can't experience something uh, spooky or traumatic and have it have a logical scientific explanation. That sure. That can absolutely happen. Uh, but there are a lot of things that have happened to people out there that we just can't explain. And that's okay. And I think we should talk about it. And just because you don't experience yourself doesn't give you the right to judge someone else's experience. It's right. very subjective. So. Right. Without further ado, let's crack this egg open and put our scary pants on. All right. That's an interesting mixed metaphor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm full of mixed metaphors. I'm here all night. This is why I'm not the writer. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll just get into it then. Yeah. I moved to New Orleans uh, in the end of March for no reason. I just wanted to. Um, I, uh, decided to get my own apartment down here. I didn't really have a place to live or a job or that much money. And I just packed up my car and decided to go because I felt like it was going to work out. And everything worked out except for my apartment. I was randomly in the French Quarter one night at the Vampire Speakeasy. I ran into the owner and she gave me a job at the Vampire Boutique. Okay. So I had okay. a job. Pause. <laughs> you cannot just mention a vampire speakeasy. Like, it's commonplace. Tell us more. Okay, so the owner of the vampire boutique is, her name is Marita. She's a direct descendant of Vlad the Impaler. Oh my gosh. She also owns the vampire cafe and the vampire speakeasy called the Potions Lounge. Oh my you gosh. You have to have a password to get in, oh my which gosh. you can get at the boutique if they think you've got a good vibe. And it is an absinthe bar, a traditional absinthe bar. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to be sending something for you to get signed by her. <laughs> um, so expect that in the mail. Yeah, she actually wrote a book called New Orleans uh, Vampires History and Legend. And it's a fantastic read if, if you're interested in kind of where the history of the, the legends meet when they come, where they come together. All right. Um, I'm sure there's going to be many tangents if you continue to drop <laughs> words like Sorry. vampires speakeasy. So continue Sorry, with the story. My bad. New Orleans is a crazy city. 
I love so, it. Um, so everything was working out, except I couldn't find a place to live. So I found a job. I found a bunch of friends. Uh, I ended up making friends with somebody here who owns a hostel, and he put me up in his hostel, which was incredible. Um, and I really felt like I was supposed to be here, but I couldn't find a place to live. And um, finally, I, I find this place. It was literally the only landlord that got back to me was where I'm living right now. And uh, I move in, and it's fine. Like, there's no microwave, but it's fine, and I can afford it, and it's a two-bedroom, so it's mine, and I love it. So I immediately start turning it into a spooky goth emo kid's dream, and I start to notice some problems. Um, there is a random leak that was coming from the wall, and it would, it would just make this pool of water. And I got the maintenance guy in, and I was like, what? Where is this even coming from? And he said, I have no idea. There's no pipes in that wall because it's just a wall between my living room and my office. Uh, so he couldn't figure out where the leak was coming from. And it started to get really, really bad. So I was mopping up like literally gallons of water every day and he couldn't figure out where this was coming from. Was the water like um, stinky at all? Did it have any sort of smell to it or did it just appear to be water? It just appeared to be water. I didn't trust it. Um, sure. But it, it it didn't seem like spooky water. It just seemed like water. Right. I mean, so if I was putting myself in your shoes, I would just be really annoyed that the plumbing yes. was wrong in the apartment, right? Right. I was just frustrated. I was like, okay, like I've already moved in. I can't even move into another apartment, even if they were to offer. Um, so we just have to fix it. So uh, one night after it had been leaking for a couple days, I was in the shower and my cat bangs down the door screaming and is just screaming at the shower and he's never done that before i was like what what is it so i kind of like peek out of the shower and he jumps into the water the running water screaming and tries to claw up the shower curtain to get to the ceiling because he's trying to attack something on the ceiling and i was like what (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) he'd never he hates water he avoids the shower at all costs He'd never done anything like that before, and I was so confused. He shredded my shower curtain. I had to buy a new one. So he was—he wasn't just like running or playing. This cat was reacting no, to he something. Was on attack mode. So, they, and I was looking. I was like, "Is there a bug or something?" But even when there's a bug, they just want to play with it. They—they they don't try and like. Like he was in kill mode. He was like, ready to shred something, sure. and he did. He shredded my shower curtain. <laughs> Uh, so I started to notice that my cats would just kind of scream at the ceiling pretty frequently. Um, I didn't have them jump in the shower again, thankfully. Uh, but I did make a TikTok about it. And I started to get some traction on TikTok where people were like, well, you are in New Orleans, so it's kind of a spooky place. And I was like, guys, you don't understand. I'm a spooky bitch. <laughs> and so it's You probably, are the spooky place. I am the spook. <laughs> uh, so it's the, the apartment probably isn't even haunted. I'm haunted. Can you describe, uh, you mentioned the cat screaming, and I think that's kind of an important part. I, I firmly believe animals can see things that humans can't. That's, I mean, a scientific proven fact. Can you go into a little bit more of what that sounded like or what that was like? Because cats make a lot of noises, right? It was, honestly, it was terrifying Um, because I'd never heard him make that noise before. It was a super guttural, um, it like started almost as a growl and built into a scream. 
and he was hissing and it was it was like he was trying to be as big and scary as possible um his tail was all floofed and he was like claws out so i had to be careful not to get in his way even though i was trying to get him off the shower curtain because he would have shredded me too like and I, I think that's important for people to recognize that this wasn't, you know, a cat in heat or a cat wanting food or something. This was no. like a bestial reaction to something. It, it, he was in full primal mode. Whatever he heard or saw or whatever it was, he he was not okay. And he was in full, like, life or death mode for him. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never seen him like that. He's a very chill cat. And um, it totally freaked me out. So I managed to get him off the shower curtain, um, and I had to buy a new one, which was great. Um, <laughs> and I kind of assumed it was just one of those things, because random little stuff like that happens to me all the time. It's New Orleans. I wasn't going to worry about it. Um, then one night, I am procrastinating unpacking by making some TikToks, and I start to hear a commotion from the apartment above me which was weird because I had just watched, as soon as I moved in, the apartment neighbors upstairs moved out. So as far as I knew, that apartment was still empty. And I am hearing a man and a woman, and they're having an argument. And the man is just saying over and over, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. And the woman starts screaming, let me go, let me go. And I hear a struggle. Uh, I hear this huge thud on the ground like she hit the floor or was thrown to the floor and it shook my entire ceiling. My cat started to freak out um, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> like I am going to have to call the cops. And right when I have that thought that like this is turning into a potentially domestic violence situation, this isn't just an argument anymore, she starts screaming bloody murder like I have never heard another human being scream before. Wow. Um, and this whole time, I, I'm live streaming this to my friend over Marco Polo. And she heard it. She could hear the screams over Marco Polo. Um, I have actually posted some of the, the audio recording clips to my TikTok as well. Um, and they're really chilling. She is screaming consistently, like a consistent scream. Um, and she would only stop screaming to say, no, 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 please, God. And so I'm sitting there horrified. Um, and for the first, like, 20 seconds of hearing that, I was totally frozen. I didn't know what to do. Um, as soon as I realized that I needed to do something, my gut instinct was to run to the kitchen and grab a kitchen knife and run upstairs uh, to see if I could help her. But... Um, I remembered my criminal minds training, <laughs> which has served me well in the past. Um, and it's if, if you see or you suspect a domestic violence situation, getting physically involved can often up the ante on the situation and they might end up doing more harm than they intended or they could hurt you or they could escalate to murder at that point like getting involved is the worst thing that you could do so you just need to call the cops record it get as much evidence as possible and not run upstairs with a kitchen knife 
Um, in the last episode that we had you on, you, you mentioned you would start seeing things at all. Has that happened at this point at all, or is it just these auditory kind of situations? Yeah, I had seen nothing at okay. all, um, which is why I automatically assumed that this was a real thing that was happening. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, it didn't occur to me until uh, later when I was speaking with the cops, but I'll get to that. Um, so I realized that I can't, I can't run upstairs and go help her. And I call the police. I tell them that I am recording it, that somebody is screaming upstairs. It sounds like she's actually being tortured. doesn't sound like she's being beat. It sounds like she's being murdered. Um, so they take down the address. They confirm where I live. They say they're sending somebody out. I then have to sit there in my apartment and listen to this woman scream. Um, she screamed for another 10 minutes and then there was another loud thud and then the screaming stopped. And I was horrified. I was horrified. I was like, I just heard someone die. I just yeah. heard someone die. Um, and then I heard dragging sounds and I used to move dead bodies for the medical examiner. So I know what it sounds like when you drag a body across the floor. That's what it sounded like. Um, all this is going on like on my living room ceiling, like six feet away from my head. Um, with her cats freaking out, with, my with cats the water coming out, out of the walls. Water in the walls, right? Um, so 20 minutes go by and it's silence, right? And I'm, I'm starting to think, like, did I hallucinate that whole thing? Like, is she dead? Like, what is he doing? And so the, this whole time I'm looking out, the, my front door has two windows on the side. And from my front door, I can see their front door. They're like a foot away from each other. And I am filming, and my thought process is, if they leave the apartment before the police get here, I'm going to get their face on camera as evidence, right? Like, if this man actually killed her, or even if she's fine and they both try to leave, I'm going to have this on video for the police. Yeah. So I'm watching this window. I am glued to the window. Uh, nobody could have left without me seeing them. And, and I think I think that's like a rational thing someone would do, right? Like you would want to help this person. At this point, you still think this is all very based in reality, right? Um, my best friend told me later that she she came to the conclusion a lot quicker than I did that this might not actually be happening. Um, but keep in mind, she's hearing all of this too clearly over the live stream. She's hearing it like as it's happening. Um, so there's no reason for me not to assume that this is real. So 20 minutes go by, silence upstairs, and the cops are still not there. And the police station is really close by. And so <laughs> I'm livid and terrified and I'm feeling so helpless. And so I, I am starting to debate, do I call the cops again? What do I do? Nobody's left the apartment. And then there's like, a little bit of a scuffling sound from upstairs and she starts screaming again, like she had been unconscious and woke up. And so the screaming resumes full force, scream. I've never heard a human being make sounds like that before, ever in my life. Um, and so I call the cops again and they told me the first time I called that I wasn't the only one who called, um, that somebody else had also called about the disturbance and I was the second person. And that was comforting to me because I was like, okay, like that means they, they were probably already on their way. They'll be here even faster. And they still weren't there. 
So I call them again and it turns out that there was another situation in my same apartment complex that somebody had called the police for and they just at the same time and they just assumed that I was calling for the same thing. So nobody was actually on their way to my apartment. That tracks, right? Mm -hmm. So I give them my address again, even though the first time they called, like she had me confirm it like three or four times. Um, she was like, this apartment complex, this number, this building. And I was like, yeah. Um, and so I confirm all the information for her again. And she says, okay, we're sending somebody out. And then while I'm watching out this window, I notice that there are two people standing out kind of by my car, like totally still, not moving, just staring at me. Oh, Humans. Like Humans. You can see their faces? Yep, I can see their faces. And I have, I have them on camera too. Um, and I assume that they, like, I assumed when I first saw them that they were the ones who originally called the police. And that's why they were standing outside the apartment. And I assumed that they weren't looking at me, they were looking at the apartment above me, right? I feel like that's a reasonable assumption to make. Um, but then I find out that nobody has called the cops about this situation. It was just me. So what are these two people doing just staring there? And they were there for 30 minutes, just standing still, looking at me through the window. What did they, can you describe what they looked like? They looked totally normal. They just like looked like two neighbors. Okay. Um, they looked like totally regular people. They were younger. They were on the younger side. It was a man and a woman just staring at me. But were they doing anything? They were nope. just staring at you, like standing just still, standing their body language. Standing still, arms at their <sighs> sides, not moving, staring at me. Rachel, I don't like this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, the the police roll up. And it was so, they didn't even like roll up with their lights on and in front of the apartment. They came walking from around the corner. And so as soon as I see one, I come running out of my apartment. And the whole time, Riley, my best friend, she was like, do not leave the apartment. And I was like, I'm leaving. And so I book it um, out of the apartment to the police. And I'm like, she's upstairs. She was still screaming. As they rolled up, she was still screaming. Okay. Wow. For context, I look over to where the people had been standing. They're gone. No trace of them. Completely gone. The police roll up. I tell them what's happening, that the woman is screaming upstairs. Um, it's just one guy. He's like, okay, I totally believe you. Let me get my partner over here. We'll check it out. Uh, I can't hear the screaming anymore from outside, so I don't know if that's because it stopped, because they're, like, hearing us talk, or if it's because I just, like, couldn't hear it from the outside for some reason. So his partner walks around the corner. Another patrol car pulls up. There's five, seven-ish cops now. They all go upstairs. And I'm watching. I'm still filming this. Still. Um, they go upstairs. I'm just waiting outside the door, talking to Riley. Kind of like, oh, is this what New Orleans is like? Like, <laughs> welcome to the city, I guess. Yeah, because you um, have to think to some regard that the city does have an incredibly huge, like, crime rate, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this all could be just part of living in New Orleans, right? Right. right. Um, Minus the two people creeping outside your house. That is just a phobia that I never knew I had. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the cops are upstairs, and I'm just staring at the door waiting for them. 
they come back downstairs and they tell me that there's no one up there. And I was like, what do you mean there's nobody up there? She was literally screaming as you walked up, as I left my apartment, as I walked out the door to come tell you what was happening, she was still screaming. I watched the door the whole time. Nobody left. And I showed them the video. I showed them the, uh, that's where my recording stopped because I had to stop the live stream to go back and show them the video of the screaming. And they were like, look, we totally believe you. We don't think you're crazy. Like it's there on the video, but there's nothing we can do because no one's up there. And I was like, adamant. I was like, are you sure they're not hiding in a closet or in the attic or in the cabinets? I don't know. Like, have you checked everywhere? And they were like, we've checked everywhere. No one's there. So the last police officer is walking down the stairs as I'm talking to the main guy. And as he shuts the door behind him, we hear a click and the deadbolt locked behind him. Good God. So the police officer was there when that happened. All of them were. Jesus. And we just kind of looked at the door and they looked at me and they went, it's an old building. The lock must have slipped. Okay. Officer. Yeah. But. And I was like, wow. Thanks. Uh, Right. So my mind is racing at this point. I think it's important, though, to, like, recognize this was all in one damn night, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, early on, too, I think I'd only been in the apartment for two weeks. Um, and normally, in my experience with these kind of things, they build up, right? So even in yeah. the Nauvoo house, right, there were a lot of little things first that we ignored. And it took, like, a solid month. Or even the first kind of really weird thing to happen. Yeah, I mean, in a, like a standard demonic type of a setting, you have four very like distinct phases. You know, the infestation, the mm-hmm. oppression. Exactly. Uh, you know, this. We can get to this later, but this definitely makes me feel more like angry spirit vibes. Right. Right. Um, like usually, ghosts have a better sense of pacing than this, right? So <laughs> this is another reason why I assumed that this was all really happening, right? Like that just made my day, <laughs> and I will be using that in the future. It's what it is. Like it's it's just it is what it is. Um, so the cops leave. They, I was like, "Do you want me to send you the video?" And they were like, "No, there's no reason. We'll write up a report. We'll we'll contact you if we need anything." And I was like, okay. And then I went back inside. And I just kind of sat there. And I was like, what on earth just happened? And as this was happening, I was making TikToks as this was happening. Um, so I was live streaming and making TikToks. So this is all extremely well documented. Yeah, um, and I want to point out, too. I mean, I'm an avid follower of yours on the TikTok. Um, uh, <laughs> and this... Like, you were on TikTok for quite a while before any of this began. Right. Like, this, this definitely is not any sort of stint. Or right. Like, you were using TikTok to propagate a story. Like, right. Like, you if making... you scroll before this in my TikTok, it's a lot of, like, book reviews and talking about how I'm excited to move to New Orleans. And it's, like, yeah. dumb book talk jokes. Like, and talking about, like, your mortuary experience right. and this and right. that. Like, like, it is had... a regular person's sharing of their life for, like, a couple months. It was, like, three or four months. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I hope that lends to my credibility that this isn't some stunt. Um, anyway, continue. So so all of this is filmed, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll link my TikTok for the 
those of you who want to see the footage. Um, but this oh, is ab all on camera. Absolutely. Yeah, and the, <laughs> I, if you are going to watch the videos with the audio recording, I would do so with caution. They're extremely disturbing. They are really yeah, I mean, awful to listen to. Uh, Nathaniel, I would... Uh, I think you would agree with me here, but we are pretty desensitized to a lot of things. And me listening to those TikToks were really harrowing. It, it was a similar feeling to when you shared your stories with the Nauvoo House. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, horror movies do s just kind of touch the surface of horror. These real life experiences are a whole nother level of disturbing. Well, it, it affects you in a way that um, a fictional story doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. Um... So I'm, I'm sitting in my living room, surrounded by unpacked boxes, and I start live streaming to my, to my best friend again. And I'm like, what, what do I do with that? Like, what just happened? Um, and she's like, she tells me that she started to suspect almost immediately that it was something supernatural. She said she just got a vibe, um, something about like the, the energy of what was happening didn't feel right to her. Um, and so she suspected it almost immediately, but she didn't want to freak me out. And I believe her. Um, she, she's a very honest person, so I believe that that was genuinely her thought process. So I'm now stuck with uh, trying to process what just happened. And I felt very conflicted about it, because if I knew for a fact that it was a, a real thing, right, like two people were up there, there was a, a domestic violence situation between the two of them. They somehow got out of the apartment without me seeing, and they left before the cops got there. I could process that, right? I, I could take that information, and I could go, well, I hate that I experienced that, and I hate that I couldn't help, but there's nothing I can do about it now. And then if I knew for real, like if I really knew that it was a supernatural thing, I could process that too, but I couldn't really believe either one because it was so strange yeah it, it's one of those things that i think if you have an answer for it it weakens the horror behind it right right um supernatural or based in reality if you can explain it away you can kind of come to Ooh, that cat meowing yeah. in the background is perfect yeah. <laughs> um no, honey, Nathaniel, what, honey, what do honey. you think about all of this i feel like i'm talking too much about this i'm just so enthralled <laughs> this is part one by the way it gets way I worse know, i know yeah I, I i don't have anything to like add i just like just just sitting here like both uh like my my, my head is is resting on both of my um both of my hands and i'm just like leaned forward just like oh my gosh what's what's next what's next like we I had mean, a, we had a uh, movie to talk about, but I don't think we're going to be talking about that movie. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll tack it on at the end, but this will this will definitely be the highlight of the episode. We're not really known for my short stories. I'm sorry about that, guys. No, don't apologize, Rachel. This is incredible. So, um, to jump right back in, uh, life goes back to normal, right? Like my apartment is still leaking. Um, my cats are still being weird. But I'm not concerned, right? Um, I don't really know how to process it. There's a bunch of people on TikTok telling me that it's a residual haunting. Um, I'm inclined to agree, but I try really hard to never jump to the conclusion that something is supernatural just because I don't have all the information, just because I don't understand. Well, and I think your story at the Davu house kind of gives you some 
like weight behind that. Like you have been through something that really allows you to understand what paranormal is. So you saying that to me actually makes your story a lot more credible. Uh, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you've encountered this before. Right. So yes, you might know what to look for, but you also stay grounded. Right. Well, so one of the, the comments that I get on TikTok all the time um, that makes me laugh is a it's a doofenshmirtz quote. And it's like, wow, if this happened, if you had a nickel every time this happened to you, you'd have two nickels. And that's not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Right. Um, and yeah. that's, that's kind of where I was coming from. It, I was like, I, I've already done this. Like, what are the chances that... I experienced something this intense twice. And then the pattern of this was so different because it just happened out of nowhere. And normally I see things. I don't hear things. Which is why I asked if you had seen anything. Right. And I didn't. Um, yeah. To this day, I've seen one kind of misty thing in my apartment once and it was totally harmless and it immediately went away, which is more of the norm for me. Right. I still haven't seen anything. I guess other than the people standing outside. But again, were those real people? Was that the, <laughs> the ghost of the couple upstairs? I don't know. I have no I idea. I don't want to think about that, honestly. <laughs> I, I still don't know. So I have to go back to my regular life now, right? Can I interject, though, real quick? Yeah. Uh, just based on what you told us about the Nauvoo house at that time, you kind of were picking up on the vibes that you were dealing with something evil mm-hmm. like inhuman something definitely evil right um how are you feeling at this point i know that that was like a very intense moment you're right. trying to stay out of the supernatural world um what were you feeling was going on rachel rachel um assuming working under the assumption or the theory or the hypothesis that this could be a supernatural thing it felt to me like she was reliving her death that oh, she was wow. stuck yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't kind feel a, like she was kind of coming a, after me or trying to scare me. Nothing like that. In that moment. After in that moment. One. After kind of like part a, one. A purgatory kind of rewind. Yes. Kind of a, an energy imprint, if you will. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Sorry, this is occult max, like fascinated with yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I tell my coworker kind of what's been happening. He's already seen all the videos and he wants to come over and see if we can go upstairs and see if we can talk to the ghost. And I was like, I have some reservations about that. But, um, yeah, I like being a little reckless. Let's do it. Okay. So he comes over, and I was like, he was ostensibly there to help me move a couch, right? That's why he was actually there, because I was pretty sure that we wouldn't even be able to get up there because the deadbolt had locked behind the police, and I hadn't heard anybody else come or go. Um... So he helps me move the couch, and then we try the door, and the door is unlocked. And I'm like, great. <laughs> great. Um, so we go upstairs, and I have this whole thing filmed, too. We go upstairs, and it is freezing, 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 freezing up there. Um, and this is, what, June in New Orleans? I think that's important to make note of as well. This was, this was late April, right? So it was still spring, but late uh, April in New Orleans is still not cold. Right, um, right. And no one was up there to, like, run the AC, uh, and heat rises. So the fact that it was, like, that cold upstairs, I was immediately like, okay, great. So the first thing I do is I start looking, is there anywhere that someone could have hidden? 
And so I start looking in all the closets. I do find that there's an attic space um, in the back master bedroom up above one of the closets, but it's the highest part of the ceiling in the whole house. It's a good 13 feet up um, and there's nothing there to help somebody get up there. So I don't, I don't know how somebody could have spider monkeyed up there themselves, let alone with an injured woman. Climb on spider monkey for right. all my Twilight fans. Um, I, which I am not one of. Boo! <laughs> I am. I'm a Twihard. <laughs> Suck my dick. No, just, just, I didn't need to hear that. <laughs> Suck your vampire dick. Exactly. Anyway. So we, I we am. detract. <laughs> so I am desperately looking for explanations at this point, right? My coworker is trying to talk to it. He's trying to talk to this woman. Pause while my cat tries to cuddle my microphone. Um, so he's immediately trying to talk to her. And I get the feeling that she doesn't even notice that we're there. Like, I can feel something there, right? Like, it's, it's really obvious to me who has felt this kind of thing before. Like, it felt very familiar, but it didn't feel malicious. It didn't feel really even intelligent. It just felt like she wasn't ready to, to move on or to even process what had happened. Like, she was still just stuck. Um, and so I, I tried talking to her. I tried to, to tell her that she could move on. I tried to tell her what happened, see if she could communicate with me at all. But I didn't see anything. And I only just kind of felt that presence. And it was just a lot of sadness and pain and trauma. Um, sure. Yeah, I feel like that's very reasonable to feel, especially after what you went through. Right, right. Yeah. So we ended up leaving, and um, I did some research to see if I could figure out if something had happened in this area, like if there was a news article about it or some kind of police record. And I found out that a year ago, a woman was murdered in this apartment complex. Um, and her killer got away. I believe he's in prison now. Um, but she was killed in front of her two-year-old child. Lord. Um, and it was, uh, they found her, her bloody in the street. She had tried to get away and she had died in the street trying to get away. Um, and I was concerned, uh, because it seems... I'm surprised that in the apartment, that like... Isn't it some against the law or something to not indicate if someone has died in the either home or apartment that you're moving into? Well, it's not my apartment, right? Like, it's the apartment above me. Yeah, I guess that's Um, fair. Also, looking at the pictures, I can't tell, but I don't actually think it's that she died in the apartment above me. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like she's a little bit closer to the road. It's hard to tell. But again, I don't know how that works, right? For me to experience her reliving the trauma, do I have to be at the exact location? Or is the apartment complex enough of a, am I close enough, right? Like, what's the radius on these things? I have no idea. I don't know how it works. I don't even know if if the woman I heard was the woman from the article. It was just something that I found. Yeah, sure. Um, So then, about a month later... I was playing video games with uh, some friends online, and I start to hear screaming coming from the upstairs apartment. And it's very familiar. But this time, somebody had already moved in, and I had already made friends with her. And she's this really sweet, 
little old black lady uh, who lives alone. And I was hearing a man and a woman screaming upstairs, exactly the same as before. And it only took me about 30 seconds to realize that I was hearing an exact replay of what had happened the first time. Um, word for word. So it lasted about 40 minutes. It was the exact same timeline of events, the exact same screams. Um, this time it didn't scare me. This time I was just sad for her. Um, because that solidified to me that this was a supernatural event, right? So now I'm thinking, okay, I have a framework to work within. This is a residual haunting. If it is that woman who was killed, it was very recent, so it makes sense that the trauma is really intense, um, that it's happening frequently, right? So I'm probably going to hear this once a month. <laughs> and that's a, uh, welcome to New Orleans, you know? You've got a residual ghost upstairs. Um, and so I felt more secure knowing, believing that this was a residual haunting. I felt less afraid. I didn't even stop the game that I was playing. I just told my friends, I was like, hey, remember that ghost story that I told you about? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, she's doing it again. And they were like, whoa, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, let's get the turret. You know, we got to yeah, win it was game. a It was a ranked League of Legends battle, right? It was. It was priorities yeah well you can't uh i'm not gonna throw my heck in ranked game just because there's a ghost upstairs yeah and i say that very tongue-in-cheek i really <laughs> um i want to know more um so it happens again the next month um and at this point i'm pretty comfortable with it it's not frightening to me at all it's not like the only reason it shook me up so bad the first time was because I thought it was real and it was so intense, right? And I, st I still thought it was strange that it happened so intense so fast and was auditory instead of visual. Um, but I kind of chalked that up to how intense the situation had been and it's New Orleans, so there's some new variables here. Then, one night, um, I was playing another League of Legends ranked game because that's pretty much all I do with my free time these days. And uh, when I'm not at the Vampire Speakeasy. <laughs> and Who, Who's your main on League of Legends, Rachel? Uh, I main Zyra and Diana in okay. the mid lane. That's all, that's all we need to know. Yep, yep. Important information to the story. Indeed. <laughs> and um, so I'm in the middle of a game, and I'm on Discord with my friend. And if you are familiar with Discord, you'll know that Discord has a pretty good um, filter for loud sounds. Like, if you're playing games and you scream because of the game, your other friends probably won't even hear it because Discord will just cut the sound. Um, so in the middle of this game, I start to hear banging on my front door, like two fists banging. And I hear a woman screaming, oh, God, please, somebody help me. Please, somebody help me. Banging on my front door. It is shaking my whole front wall. Um, so it's turning from just, like, non-coherent screams into, like, words. Well, again, I assumed this was a real person. Like, right, right. my first thought is, somebody's at my door, and they're not okay. Um, but my friend was like, you need to be careful. Don't just open your door. Look out the window first. So I go to my office window, and I can see my front door from my office window, and I'm looking at an empty porch while I'm still hearing the screaming and the banging. And there's no one there. 
So I'm like, hey, that's different. Um, and the, the vibe was so different um, this time. This time it was angry and it was aggressive. Um, and I felt like it was trying to scare me. Like, I felt like it was angry with me. Um, Can I push you a little bit on that? Yeah. Like, it was angry with you. What were you feeling in that? You know, that, that anger is a superficial emotion, I feel like. Um, it felt like it wanted me to suffer. It wanted to, me to be scared. Mm-hmm. It wanted me to be frightened. It wanted me to be unhappy. It felt like a personal attack directed at me trying to get a negative reaction. And it got one. It shook me up. It was antagonizing at that point. Yeah. Maybe because you had ignored it before. Right, right. Um, So... And this is where I think it starts to turn from, you know, angry ghost into demon. It started to play with your emotions a little bit. Right, and that... Or at least poltergeist, right? That was my assumption at this point, too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um... Because that's a residual haunting doesn't do that. A residual haunting doesn't just change. Um, in well, my it, experience, I don't have a rule book for these things, but no, and, and there isn't a rule book per se. But you know, in my research too, a haunting is so ghosts are selfish. Mm-hmm. They want the attention on them, their story, their tragic death. Demons and kind of the demonic and a little bit more of the dark, darker things start affecting other people Mm -hmm. you know they they toy on those emotions they toy on that power dynamic to some extent right um so this was the point when i i made the tiktok that ended up going viral about like three million views um kind of describing the situation and essentially saying so i might have to get rid of a demon for the second time (laughs) in my (laughs) life which feels like two times too many um at 10 cents, those two nickels. Two nickels. And my friend heard it happening over Discord, right? Because he, he was like, what the heck is that? Um, and he was the one who was like, don't open the door. Don't go see it. Because like, his, in his mind, he's thinking, like, there's a lot of crime in New Orleans. This could be a trick to lure you out of the house. Like, uh, this could be somebody is actually after this woman. And if you open the door, they're going to come after you. Then you're going to be in danger, right? So he's thinking very practically. While I'm looking at an empty porch while somebody's banging on my door and there's no one there. Um, I'm grateful for that, though, too. Like, I I feel like that's true friend there. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this crazy moment is happening, but let's maybe process it in a logical viewpoint to keep you safe. Right. Right. Yeah. His his priority was my safety. Absolutely. And I absolutely was not going to open that door. (laughs) Uh, I had a lot of people on TikTok that were like, you should have opened the door. You should have let her in. And I was like. No. <laughs> no. Hard pass. Absolutely not. Am I going to open a door to an angry ghost? No. Um, so it is really apparent to me at this point that I'm dealing with something supernatural. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I'm assuming that it's a demon, right? Just based on my previous experience at the Nabu house, that seems in line with what's going on. So I'm sort of like gathering myself together, kind of figuring out, all right, I'm going to have to deal with this. What's, what's going to be my plan of attack here? And then I open up my community portal for my apartment. And I look and see that I've got a message. I was like, oh, that's weird. And I open it up, and it's an incident report. And it tells me 
that the day before I heard the woman scream, like banging on my door, um, a woman had been murdered in the apartment next to me, right across the street. Um, oh yay! And I. So this is this is separate from uh-huh. what happened. Yep. Okay. The night she died, I was up at the Vampire Speakeasy. I was not home. Uh, when I went to work the next day, I saw a crime scene sticker and some crime tape um, on the apartment to the door across from me. But having worked with the medical examiner, I didn't jump to conclusions because they will put that sticker on any scene where an investigator is called, which is any unexpected death. So everything from a heart attack to murder to suicide to an accident will get that sticker on the door and people die every day. And I've seen that sticker a million times. So I didn't like assume that something terrible had happened. At the end of the day, it's a paperwork, right? Right. It's just paperwork. Um, Then I find out that that happened and um that sucks um so now i think that the reason that that time was so angry um my theory is that while i was at work she banged on my door asking for help and i wasn't there and then she died Mm. Uh, because my apartment was the closest one to her and the incident report said that it had the the incident started off the property and ended on the property. So it sounds like um, they were either walking or driving. And so they were outside of the apartment initially. And then she went into the apartment and that's where she was killed. So that's great. <laughs> um, which I am very sad that I wasn't there to help her, but it's also probably a good thing that I wasn't there because I absolutely would have opened the door and then I would have been putting myself at risk as well. Um, but now I think it's probably n- maybe not a demon. It seems like for whatever reason the bad things that happen in this area it kind of attracts and enhances that negativity. Um, I just feel like these women are stuck. Like, they're just stuck here, like, reliving that hurt. And I have no idea why. And I don't know if next month I'm going to hear two women being murdered in adjacent apartments to me. Um, but welcome to New Orleans, I guess. I think, I think it's important, one, to recognize, you know, that these two ladies, like... Let's take a moment and just that's that's tragic that's terrible yeah no one should have to go like that um and second i think it, it really comes down to you know there are, there's evil in the world that isn't demonic mm-hmm. um me I'm, I'm kind of a skeptic i know i i play into the trope of i know a lot about the supernatural um but at the end of the day humanity is more terrifying than any demon i've read about mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, some intense situations like murder can leave an imprint on locations. It leaves a, a negative energy. And Rachel, just knowing who you are and our talk about the Nauvoo house, I think you're a little bit more receptive to some of that pain and, and heartache that might linger a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, Nathaniel, you're more of a religious person than I am. What do you think? Oh, um, I mean, yeah, to, to me, uh, a lot of times how I see these kinds of, uh, events, you know, it, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that like someone's spirit is, is trapped or whatever, but yeah, but rather that there is this negative energy or something like that, that is hanging out. Um, and so, yeah, to me that, that's kind of what I'm, I'm seeing here is these two really nasty things. And Hey, if that energy can, you know, be drawn to, somebody who is is sensitive because you know why wouldn't it be you know then yeah that's that's why uh unfortunately you keep having these you know the the, the figurative two nickels yeah um because yeah like in in this case yeah it doesn't sound like you know it's a, a a demon or something you know you're i i would say that's probably a fair uh evaluation though i mean obviously there is a lot to possibly still see, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, to to me, this this sounds like bad things that left bad energy, for the lack of better word. Because you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what this is. And and I want to kind of chime in here too, as a non-credential demonologist, you know, whatever title that may hold. Um. Comparing this to your experience with the Nauvoo house, that felt very evil, very negative. And mm -hmm. I asked that question earlier for a very specific reason, because this almost feels like a cry for help. Yeah. Um, being someone who isn't super religious, I don't really believe in an afterlife, but I do believe in this idea that, you know, when we die, we leave behind our memories. And once certain people die that hold on to those memories we kind of go through a second death, so to speak. Um, and so you, you know, being so close to the supernatural, to me, this kind of feels like a moment where you can honor these individuals and make sure that, you know, this negative energy that they left is maybe not a warning, but a flag of saying, hey, don't forget about us here in New Orleans. We were people. We, we deserve to be remembered to some extent. And I think that sentiment has so much of a connection to the city of New Orleans as a whole. Um, the area that I'm in specifically was just devastated by Katrina. Um, yeah. Just completely devastated. And you can see the evidence of it everywhere. Like, there's, there's a reason why I can afford to live here. Um, and it's not because it's a super uh, gentrified place to be. Um, the, the people here, like remember that suffering and the city remembers that suffering and there's so much of the culture of new orleans is dedicated to community and to remembrance um to remember the dead to remember our past to remember to help each other to be there for each other there's this sentiment that if if that no one else is going to be there for you so you need to be there for each other that that you only have community that you only have your neighbors to help you and that makes me remember you know katrina happened so fast how many people down there in louisiana just vanished from the history books so to speak they just disappeared one day because of the hurricane um and so i don't know rachel being so in tune kind of with the other side with the supernatural i think this is a wonderful opportunity for you to embrace New Orleans and to remember those who may have had their life taken too soon and 
and I think we are so fast to go to the evil and go to the demonic. Um, there's no guidebook. There's no rule book to any of this, right? Like, and I get really I read... frustrated when people pretend that there is. Yeah, yeah. I've read through some of your comments, and I resonated really closely with one of your TikToks about how you don't know what's going on. You can't call this a demon. You can't call it a ghost. You can't call it science. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And if we can kind of maybe pick apart the boxes that humans try and put everything in our damn lives mm -hmm. into, maybe we can find a little bit more of the core meaning of what's going on. You know, maybe these girls were screaming because that's the only way we'll listen. Yeah, yeah. And, and if they felt that they didn't have anybody to listen to them when it happened, and yeah. now somebody is listening, um, and honestly, now 70,000 people are listening. Right. Right. Uh, I, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the modern day that we live in. This story of yours is now allowing these two women to kind of have their immortality, to be remembered mm -hmm. when maybe their life was taken too soon. I do um, want to put a caution out there for the people who are listening, because um, I did have an issue with this in my comment section where people, uh, when I posted the article, people did some more research and they found like the Facebook page of the girl's mom and they were posting the Facebook page. Uh, yes, this is important. In the comments. Um, so I took down that video that had the article and I, I addressed it in one of my videos that... Um, these were real women and they have real families and their suffering yeah. is real. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't even know for sure if their stories are connected to what I'm experiencing. I don't know. Um, what I do know is that I would rather never tell another scary story again and delete my account and never speak of it ever again than cause the families of these women any suffering or any pain because of me sharing these stories right so and I, I i think that is the moral to take out of everything from this is no matter what the supernatural story you have there is humanity behind these stories and that needs to be remembered well and and in a lot of ways humanity is the story yeah uh, and i think that's why everyone in my comments is like move move why do you still live there you need to move one Moving is expensive. <laughs> um, so if you want to start a GoFundMe page, you're welcome to. Uh, it's but, damn expensive. But I have you a forgot lease. that adjective. I have a lease um, and I live alone. I, I have to hire movers. It's a whole thing. It's not going to happen. Um, but also, because of whatever it is that I am or do or, or see or feel, um, this is going to happen to me anywhere I go. I believe that something about this city uh, makes that kind of thing more intense. I believe that that's why I'm supposed to be in this city. I think that's why I felt such a draw to come here. It's why I felt like it was supposed to work out. Um, and I believe that's why it did work out. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to... Here are these women. I'm supposed to tell this story. I'm supposed to tell their stories. I don't claim to know why. I don't claim to know what exactly is happening here. Um, but I believe that what's happening here is a human experience that shouldn't be discounted just because it's not scientific.
And mm. to be clear, it is not scientific. <laughs> I mean, that's the fact. It's, it's not. But there um, are so many things that we interact with on a day-to-day basis that are not scientific that are still real, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. cannot quantify and measure and test and replicate your feelings at all, but especially for another person. Like, like you can't. That's, feelings are not scientific, but they are extremely real. Yeah, I, I mean, I am a biologist by trade. I was, I'm trained in the scientific method, and I will be the first to say that there is phenomenon in the world that just cannot be rationalized or logically explained. Right. Um, and it comes back to this idea that I cannot judge your experiences, Rachel, based on my own experiences. We are two unique individuals with two different brains that function differently. Right. Differently. Wow. Um, and there is power in that. And if we lean into that, we can grow and adapt. I mean, we can't even say confidently that we see colors the same. Absolutely. There's this whole psychological realm of perception versus sensation and what my blue could be your purple. Exactly. So to me, my takeaway from that is, um, that when making important life-changing decisions, uh, relying on science is a good bet. And I would encourage people to be logical and scientific when possible, probably for a majority of the time, but especially when it makes sense. But I think to discount things that aren't scientific is to cut a big hole in the human experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it is to our detriment. As people, as individuals, as a society, I think we lose a lot when we remove the possibility um, that there are things out there that we don't know and can't understand and can't understand, right? Um, And that that is not only okay, but that it's important and should be celebrated. And that because it is so subjective, because it is so based on our individual experiences, that I think the worst thing you can do is tell somebody that your unscientific experiences are more correct than somebody else's unscientific experiences. Yeah, I would agree. Mm -hmm. Or or you have the rule book. You have the paranormal rule book or the spiritual rule book. Um, I've had people tell me that this happened to me because I practice witchcraft. I've had people tell me this happened to me because I left Mormonism, even though I was in, a, in the church when all this started happening to me. Um, I've had people tell me that this happened because I didn't hang chicken feet on my door. Um, yeah, I mean, it goes both ways. Anyone who tells me that they know better than what my intuition tells me is probably manipulative in some regard and they might not or just a jerk they they might not know that they're being manipulative is what i'm saying right like right like all of those comments come from a place of wanting to help right exactly exactly and their life experiences trying to impose on your life experiences and that goes only so far which is why now that i have this audience which is strange uh it's a (laughs) lot of people very fast um I think in a week I went from 13,000 followers to 70. And that's just really, really, really fast. So I feel an immense responsibility to 
make sure I never put it out there that I am an expert, that I know what I'm doing, right? I believe I probably have a better grasp of these things than the average individual, just back to the two nickels situation. Um, but that does not in any way make me qualified to tell somebody over the internet based on a comment how to deal with something that they're dealing with. Or um, I've had a couple people who are like, can you come to my house and help me? And I'm like, what makes you think that that would do anything? <laughs> like, um, it's, I think, uh, with these kind of things, because it's about your subjective experience, you're also the one in control of that subjective experience. Um, it's how we got rid of the demon in the Navu house. Spoilers if you haven't seen that episode. Um, is we set our boundaries and decided that it was our space and that we were not going to allow this negativity to continue. Uh, we just weren't. Um, yeah, I'm a, I am a huge and firm believer. I, I mean, I mentioned I'm not very religious, but... You, things have power if you give them power. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Nathaniel, you and I have talked ad nauseum about this kind of stuff because we do differ in religious background to some extent now. And no matter if it's demons, if it's Ouija boards, if it's ghosts, poltergeists, UFOs, Bigfoot, whatever you want to say, if you give more energy and power to that belief, it becomes stronger. Yeah. And, that's, and you, you have to have that control. Yeah, and, and what's fascinating to me about um, the paranormal in general is that it really doesn't matter whether or not that's placebo because it's not real and it's all in our heads or because that's genuinely how it works because the result is the same. Yeah. Um, it's why I, I am a skeptical practicing witch. I don't believe that I have any magical powers. But I do know that if I tell myself that if I hold this crystal in my pocket for the rest of the day, that it will help me find the strength to get through, it will. Whether or not that's because Jasper is great at helping you find your determination and motivation or because I decided and it's spicy psychology. I don't know. Well, I, and I don't I think it matters. Way, you know, I have a tiger's eye that sometimes if I'm feeling very stressed, I will wear. Not because I believe in the power of tiger's eye. But it grounds me and reminds me that, hey, I can, I can do hard things. And I believe that that hearkens to that human experience that we're talking about, right? Sure, that sure. whether or not it's that there is um, some kind of other energy out there that we interact with that is unscientific, right? Or if, there, if our brains are just happier when we act like there is, um, it doesn't matter at the end of the day but it also is still important either way yeah and nathaniel i think you would agree when you pray to your god it, it fills you with that courage to do hard things and yeah who am i to say that's wrong my way's right or rachel ways is right my way's wrong like i, I don't know this is just empowering thank you for sharing that sentiment rachel well i i think there's just so much to uh unpack here just you know to, to stew over it this 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 whole experience um is i mean it's still ongoing too like there please come back and tell us more so confident that there will be more um i've only been in the city since march so 
And would you share your TikTok so if anyone is listening at this moment, they can go find and kind of follow along with the story? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the Ebola queen on TikTok. Um, I read The Hot Zone when I was too young as a child and I wanted to be a virologist. <laughs> so that's a great nonfiction horror novel if you guys are, are into it. The Hot Zone by Richard Preston. Um, if you are looking for the videos, I posted the first one on the topic on April 26th. There's about nine in a row. As soon as TikTok lets me make playlists, I'll, I'll compile them in a fancy group for you guys. So Rachel, thank you so, 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 so much. I can't express to you how grateful we are for allowing our little podcast to be kind of another way for you to share the story of these two women. Um, thank you so much. Uh, this is probably going to be a little redundant, but at the end of each of our episodes, we talk about how we're staying spooky. Um, so, you know, outside of being a medium for two ghosts, <laughs> how are you staying spooky, Rachel? Um, I uh, work at the Vampire Boutique and up at the Vampire Speakeasy, and I might start doing actual ghost tours here in the city. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. Um, Nathaniel, I think we need to buy tickets to uh, New Orleans. You guys can have Sign my guest me. bedroom, but there might be some noise complaints. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> really weird, spooky mm-hmm. sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're in. <laughs> um, you know we're in. Yeah. How, how have you been staying spooky, Max? Um, so... Anyone who knows me will know that I rant and rave about Neil Gaiman's fantastic masterpiece that is American Gods. Gaiman. Gaiman. Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel... Okay, let me go stand in the corner for five minutes as I go punish myself. Ha! Um, This is one of my favorite books of all time. I think it's an incredibly relevant read for nowadays. Um, But Stars created a TV series that I've actually not watched before. Um, There's three seasons out right now, which has me a little hesitant because there's only one book and so I don't know how they can extend it to three seasons. That kind of blows my mind. Um, It's not so much spooky, but it is very based in mythology and gods and goddesses of old. So if you love that, please check it out. Uh, The first season is free on Amazon Prime. Uh, Also, the Scream Kings started a TikTok due to Rachel's amazing... (laughs) Uh, name drop of the Scream Kings podcast. Uh, We've had some incredible response from people. Our downloads and listeners have kind of gone off the roof. Like, Nathaniel and I are beside ourselves at how powerful the TikTok platform can be. Yeah, it's literally, like, more than double our best month ever already. (laughs) And it's pretty much all that episode 25. Uh, So thank you, Rachel. Thank you, TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) It has caused us to create our own little page. Um, I'm not as exciting as Rachel is. I am the one managing the TikTok, but I will be trying to kind of at least have weekly content, whether that is a horror movie review, a horror movie suggestion, or maybe going through the tarot deck or runes and talking about kind of a, a little one minute occult quarter. So check us out. We are Scream Kings Pod on TikTok. But you know that, you know, at the very least, it might be sometimes a little bit corny because he did at one point in this episode refer to it as the TikTok. That's just my 31 years of age showing. I think he's that. earned it. After 31 years, you have to put the in front of social media. It's true. It's true. I have a, a merit badge to indicate that. Mm-hmm. It just says the word the on the badge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, how about you, Nathaniel? What are you doing to stay spooky? Um, so I am reading uh, a very, very good horror novel. Uh, it is The Final Girls Support Group by Grady Hendrix. Yes, uh, we love you, Grady. Yes, yeah, we love Brady Hendricks. He has been on the show before. I'm definitely going to try to get him back on because I want to talk to him about this book. But yeah, this book is amazing. It it basically, he's kind of made his own sort of like wholesale versions of a lot of these slasher uh, series that are so prominent in real life. You know, Halloween and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw and all of that. Um, and, and basically in this universe, you know, he has these... These are all real events that happened, and then there were movies and stuff made from them. Um, and so there is a uh, support group uh, of these women, and so we get to see kind of how these final girls have coped with their trauma in these different ways, and the ways they support each other, and maybe how the, the you know some people are are less than thrilled about uh, these women existing, and and the ways that they have maybe responded to the the trauma traumatic things in their lives so it's amazing i I, i'm only like 100 pages in but it is easily one of the funnest books that i've ever read uh you know definitely top tier grady hendrix awesomeness so uh highly recommend just based on the little bit i've read uh to further attempt to lure you into the city we do sell signed copies of Grady Hendrix's Southern Guide to Slaying Vampires in the Vampire Shop. Yeah, Southern Book Club. It's such a good book. So good. Highly recommend. So good. Uh, I mean, it was good. But My Best Friend's Exorcism blows it out of true. the water, guys. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but we only sell vampire books in the Vampire Shop, so... Fair enough. I mean, you have the street cred to say that I work in a vampire shop. My official title is Assistant Vampire. I have to wear fangs when I work. Okay, go straight to heaven, because if I said go to hell, that would be a compliment. I'm (laughs) sure it would be more fun. It's true. I mean, basically, we're just jealous that you're out there living your best life in, in the spookiest way possible. Sure, what Nathaniel said. <laughs> I'm straight up jealous is what I am. And and Max meanwhile is is trying to figure out a way to replace you with him. I have a guest bedroom. Like I said, I don't think it's for everyone. But it All is right, open. my boyfriend. We're leaving tonight. Okay. See you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening again. Rachel, thank you so much. Um, I want you to just share one more moment where people can find you because if they like horror and they're listening to the podcast, they should be following you wherever you are. And also listening to or reading your stories because they're amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, the best place to find me and interact with me and, and my stuff and know what I'm doing is going to be TikTok these days. So that is the Ebola queen on TikTok. Thanks, everyone. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Need even more Scream Kings? Here's our obligatory shameless social media plug. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Scream Kings Pod. You could also email us at ScreamKingsPodcast at gmail.com. Help us reach a wider audience of horror fans by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing a link on social media. You could also support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Scream Kings. Stay spooky.